When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's episode 45, season 7 of the Fighting Club Podcast. Today I'm joined by Bardi, fresh off the plane from Turin. Fresh, just arrived. We can go into all of the, the, the shenanigans. Nothing untoward. Nothing at all. Misses is listening. Yes. Okay. It's football, football it away. Was, it wasn't, it, it was good. It wasn't proper. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Okay. And joined by none other than Mickey Hazard. Thank you so much for coming down, Mickey. No worries. I can't think of a better person I want to talk about Spurs with right now, given the fact that we are the bollocks. We're the like, greatest. Like we're probably the best, probably the best team in, in the world. Maybe it might even rival... But maybe the, the 1970 Barcelona team. I think that's where we're at currently. The 1970 Barcelona team. Sorry, sorry, Brazil. Brazil okay. team. Yeah. Zico and... Yeah, I got that wrong. Yeah, you got it wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Mickey, how are you doing? 82 team. 82, 82 yeah. Brazil. Um, I'm doing great. Um, I've got to say that it's been, in the life of a Spurs fan, um, 
maybe four games ago, I'm sitting there listening to everyone being downbeat and downcast about yeah. this team. And um, with you know what a run of fixtures we've had, Manchester United followed by Liverpool, Arsenal, Juventus in between Newport, which was an unnecessary fixture, yep. which sort of added to the worry and concerns because um, you didn't really want a fixture in between Liverpool and Arsenal. No, no. Um, and here we are, undefeated, <laughs> um, give Liverpool a head start, give Juventus a head start, and absolutely played both teams off the park. Man United and Arsenal are still not sure whether they've got out of our pockets yet, yeah. but I'm sure they will one day. Um, but at the minute, they're still in our pockets. We've battered them, both teams. In fact, it was a travesty, because we should have won both games six um, when Lassacetti, or whatever his name is, was running through in that last minute of the game. Yeah. How did you feel at that point? Now, did you- at that very point, I've got to say, I was sitting in the Royal Box at Wembley with all my fellow ex-Spurs players. I was sitting with some members of staff... And as he as he as he ran onto that pass, I was banging the the metal bar in front of me. Yeah. Because I thought this would just sum it up. Yeah. This would sum it up that we can dominate a, uh, an NLD like possibly no Spurs team has ever dominated. I can't remember a game. I, no, I can't remember watching a game um, where we have been so in control of. You know, they, they're renowned for their passing. They couldn't string two together. Yeah. We controlled the game from. Start to finish, really, and while we didn't create much in the first half, we controlled the game. But second half, it literally could have been six or seven. Yeah, absolutely. The golfing class between the two teams was absolutely immense. And then to sit and listen to Bellerin at the end of the game in his interview saying, "If we if we just scored that chance, we could have won." <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, and if my auntie had. <laughs> I mean, it was ludicrous. We were sensational, and, and what a four, what a four games! I mean, amazing. Oh, man, it's been incredible. Amazing. It's I kind of felt like we had it in our locker. Like when we were going into these games, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't. I weren't like nervous about it. All really, I was nervous about playing Arsenal and, and, and Liverpool, and, and like as as I would be at any time. But in, I, I certainly believed that we could get something out of all of it. It was um, shades of like the Champions League run in um, twenty ten. Yeah, when we had those big games. And the players stood up, and it was. It's been a great, it's been a great few weeks. It was shades, but I think slightly different <coughs> in the fact that I think that that in those days became a bit of a surprise. We yeah. didn't expect it. I expected this. I, I, I think that when we put our or close to our best eleven players on the pitch. I think that we are the best team in the league without any shadow of a doubt. And it's been that way for a while. Yeah, of course. Last season we were head and shoulders the best team. Head and shoulders. So what? So why why haven't we gone on to win a league then? Um, I, I, two two reasons. One, I think Leicester got away with murder. I think they they deserved the champ the the, the title. Um, but I I've got to say that towards the end of the season, um, there was a few wanted Leicester to win. Shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Um, which sort of didn't help our cause and then we dropped I honestly think if we'd beat West Brom at home um, when we drew I think we'd have won the league um, I think the pressure would have grown and we, it, the more we kept the pressure on the more they could choke um, and then Chelsea had a um, a run of they won 13 on the bounce yeah 13 on the bounce which just Give them the confidence to surge on and and, and and go right through to the end. And this is the same season where Spurs won, I think, 10 on the bounce in that yeah, season as no, well. Yeah. And, and any other season, that would have been enough to break exactly. away. Exactly. And, and if you look at this season as well, I mean, I've got to be honest, of when, when Spurs play well, when we've got our players on the pitch and we're out on the pitch and we're playing well 
to me, uh, call me biased if you like, but I, I like to think I'm a little bit more educated than being biased. Yeah. I'm actually really biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, when we are playing well, I don't think there's a team in, in this league, and I, I, and I don't think there's a team in Europe can beat us when we're at it, when we're all at it with our best players. You know, look at last night. I mean, let's go with Juventus and give them a two 0 head start, eh? Yeah. And then play them off the park for the next eighty minutes and could comfortably have won the game. So I mean, they, they haven't conceded the two goal uh, deficit since two thousand eleven since they moved into the stadium. The, the thing about Spurs last night is we could have ascend, we could have gone into chaos at two 0 down. But there's something about the way this team plays that it's it's a measured approach to the way we play the game and the way we approach how we attack and keep the ball. And when we went 3-0 down, 4-0 down to Inter, it was it was chaotic. It was bail, one-man yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. You, last but night, there was a purpose to it, weren't it? Yeah, last night there was a purpose to how we played. And um, even at 2-0, I felt... Well, the Spurs fans, I, to be honest with you, I was like, shit, how can I get out of this country quickly? Yeah. But, then, <laughs> but then a minute later, it was just like, hang on, there's only 10 minutes gone of a two-game legged, two-minute two yeah, affair. Yeah. And then you can just sort of, the players took control of the game, the way we moved the ball, the way we, the way we worked it, and Juventus are no mugs. What was it like in that stadium when, uh, you know, what, what was the feeling? How could you sum up what that, the Allianz was like? First of all, I can't believe how plastic Juventus are. I've never, I've never seen such a plastic football club with what do you mean? kiss cams and oh, really? choreographed entrances to the players, countdowns, one, two, three, as the teams come out to do their warm up. Everything is choreographed. Everything is so sanitised. And for something which a team which is meant to have this big kind of ultra kind of like movement, it was it was like a baseball match. But I was but, genuinely but in surprised. many ways, doesn't it reflect the way they play the game? Yeah. They're very well organised, they're very well drilled, they're very robotic in their approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and very difficult as an, as an opponent to break them down. But if you're saying, oh, I wasn't aware of that, but if yeah. you're saying that this is all sort of regimental, choreographed, it's sort of how they play their, their football. Yeah. In fact, yeah. that's sort of how Italian football is played. It's, it's sort of very, I mean, almost like everyone's well drilled to do, you know, not, nothing off the cuff. They have a song. They have a Juventus song, which the words flash up on the screen and it, they've got the sound booming out of the speakers. Really? So they use the speakers to kind of amplify the noise. Yeah, yeah. And there was moments where Spurs were singing and then they would just turn up the music just to, just to drown out the Spurs fans. But what was really impressive, you mentioned they, they'd only scored, they only conceded one goal in 16 games, 16. is defensively they are incredible. That um, Chiellini and Benatia and then Pjanic and Kadira in front of them, the yeah. way they moved, and it was beautiful to see. But then it was even more beautiful the way Spurs, Ericsson, Ali, because came were getting through. Because they went, they went two and up, and I was watching. I was acutely aware of this really impressive fact of one goal in sixteen. You're thinking this doesn't bode well for us. Like maybe at home, you can do something like the atmosphere, the occasion might get to their players and whatnot. But we were, uh, we were two 0 down, nine minutes, and we were probing. Mm-hmm. And then it was that cross to Kane, which yeah. he should have buried, you know, the, yeah. the header. And you thought, oh, no, hang on, what, we've just split them, we've split them apart there. And if we can do it once, we can do it again. The penalty shout. Where, where, where are you at with that with Kane when he, he went over? I think penalty. He, yeah? Penalty. I, at the time, I thought... At I, the I, time, I, when it happened, I thought, no. Yeah. When I saw it in slow motion, he stood on his foot. Mm. He clipped them. Yeah. It was a penalty. I mean, I couldn't see it, but we would... Sure, it was a penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah, no, we're all biased. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, bottom line was, it yeah. was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, full stop. It was a penalty. 
Um, we've got a question from Wellham Official on Twitter. He says, what is the best result in the Champions League this season? The draw at the Bernabeu, beating Real Madrid at Wembley, the Dortmund game at Wembley, or uh, drawing in, in, in Juve? Well, I, I, I think I'd have to go with incredible to beat Madrid at Wembley. I've got to be honest, that was one of my favourite ever nights supporting and playing for Spurs in Europe I thought it was an incredible night to beat the, the world club champions at Wembley um, having been tipped to sort of finish bottom of the group absolutely yeah I, I thought it was an incredible performance but I've got to be honest and say that the manner of last night's uh, draw from 2-0 down I thought was incredible I thought you know that the team reflected Poch and his methods um, if you watched our team play last night at 2-0 down they kept doing everything that they do when they're 4-0 up, you know. And it's easy to play when you're 4-0 up. It's easy to do everything that you do. So, credit to Poch. This team plays the same way, whether they're 1-0 up, 2-0 up, 1-0 down, 2-0 down. Yeah. They keep they, doing They believe in the method. They believe in the method. And, and that, for me, is a credit to the manager. I think that um, it, they, they are so well drilled in, in, in what he wants now that you can actually, it's a mirror image, every every attack mm. you watch, it seems to be, well, hang on, we're going there, we're going there, hang on, we're coming back, you know, we're going back, and we're slowly moving the, the you know, I've, got, I've got, I'm clenching my fist, right. that's good defending, no yeah. gaps, Yeah. that's bad defending, you've stretched them out, now what we do is we move the ball, and each time we move the ball, these have to move with it, mm. the all four, or five, or however many they play. So they're moving with the ball, and the more you move the ball, the more you move it. It only needs someone to go like that. Now we've created a gap, and then can we go into that gap? Yeah. Once you've created a gap, you've got to play into it quickly. And is that is that why sometimes when Ericsson and and, and Ericsson less so, but Deli Ali has his critics, and I'm, I'm one of them, but that he's running off the ball and the and the, the kind of almost the chaos or getting your the defenders to to overthink about what they're doing, yeah. and actually you have to consider the movement of of Ali and, 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 and Ericsson you think actually Ali if you're looking at I think the a kind of base level supporter might think he's a kind of selfish out for himself mm. but he does a huge amount of work off the ball in order to running, pulling yeah. people out of, out of spaces to, to track his run and, and then we can play into those spaces I personally think Deli Ali's a wonderful player mm. I think that um, he's been brilliant this season he's incredible just last as night he was, he was incredible last night. Last season, he was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, you're not going to sustain that type of quality forevermore. You're going to have your, your downs as well. I think he's been brilliant. I absolutely love the kid. Yeah. I love. You know what? There's something wonderful about football, right? There's an innocence. The way I look at the game, I, I consider myself an innocent football lover, right? I worship the game. I would love to have played the game with the innocence that Deli Ali plays the game. He's out on that pitch and you think he's down the park with his mates having a jolly up because he's enjoying it, he's, he's doing things, he's trying things that uh, mere mortals are afraid to try because the crowd might get on your back, yeah. but he don't. Yeah. If he wants to nutmeg it, he'll nutmeg it. If he wants to flick it over your head, he'll flick it over you. It's like he's down the park with the boys and I think to do that takes so much confidence and belief I think he's top draw. I absolutely yeah. love him. And I think he's going to be one of our all-time great midfielders. And he got the assist for Kane, and it was him who drew the foul of Chiellini to win, yep. which was a very clever yep. clever piece of skill yep, to, to win the uh, free kick. But going back to the results, I mean, Real Madrid at home, that was one of the greatest nights I've had supporting Tottenham. 
But then yeah. always as time goes by, you think maybe it was the Dortmund game because we had a lot of pressure on us with the curse. So I think it's very difficult to pick one moment. But last night was an incredible achievement right? against the six-time champions, yeah. against two... In their backyard. In their back, backyard. Two, two twice finalists in the exactly. last three years. Buffon, that defence. And Allegri being an elite coach. An elite, an coach. elite tactical coach. And it, he was really interesting when they started the second half. Juventus were really good. And I was like, they've learned. But then they still, they couldn't sustain it. And we were just relentless. And in the end, they yeah. dropped away. Do you, do you think, like, it's, it's a good question because you look back at that those games against Madrid, against Dortmund, and you realise they were incredible at the time. But because we probably weren't convinced about how good we are. Yeah. Now you look at it and you think, well, we played against Juve in their backyard. Juve are a proper, active, competitive team compared to Real Madrid are kind of reeling a lot of off-field problems as, yes. as, as the same with Dortmund. Yeah. Where Juve are, what, second in the league. Yep. They're, they're, doing, they're flying, but Napoli are just something else at the moment. But um, it, it kind of, this was against a form team. Yeah. Not only did we compete, we kind of came through adversity. I mean, they're really good. Higuain, I thought, played brilliantly yes, last night. Yeah, he was very, a menace. And it's bizarre because he's really like he's he just really, really looks really slow and cumbersome. Yeah. Like, he's like a menace. Like, I was shocked too. Probably I think it's a bit well. unfair to call him like that. He bottled it. But he, I mean, bottled what? They, penalty. They bottled he the, the penalty. penalty. He missed the penalty. Messi misses penalties. It was never a penalty. <laughs> but, um, Actually, we, we haven't probably given, should talk about Aurea at some stage. Yeah, we haven't given enough love to um, Dembele yet, who was yep. just bouncing he was just near Pjanic around the pitch. I think that if Dembele could perform the way he's performed in the last three to four games, I think he'd be the best midfielder in the world. Yeah, in the world. And that performance he's, last night, I would put it up there with Bale at San Siro. You know what? He, he looks yeah. like he's found a yard of pace. Yeah, he's going. He past. looks fit. Yeah. Maybe he's fit. Finally. He was going past people like. Yeah. Wow, you know, unbelievable performance, and against Man United too. I mean, he had Pogba in his pocket. Um, in fact, um, his po- he, 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 if, you, if he stood on a set of scales now, he'd weigh about six men because he had. I mean, not that it's not that it's difficult to have Wilshire in your pocket. To yep. be fair, um, he had Wilshire in his pocket. He had uh, Jacker in his pocket. He had El Nelny, whatever. His How name can we is. condense that down so it's a title for a podcast? <laughs> your words, me, if you work on that, you but, know. And also that Juventus at home had to take off Mandzukic to put on Storaro, who's just a, a defensive midfield clobber, just to try and. But Mandzukic was injured. Well, man, he, he was. He, he played yeah, yeah, back. Okay. Yeah, he was. But, he, he was. He was struggling. And, and I was actually impressed with Mandzukic because what you'd expect. He's a he's a centre forward. Yeah. Yeah, but he's but, they've changed him to this. And, kind of and they have this tactic where they yeah. kind of pumping it out. Yeah. So that right back. And he's got um, a brilliant work ethic as well. Work ethic. He's big. He's going to yeah. beat the. Um, he's going to beat the fullback to, to to the header. I actually think Oreo handled him very well. In a game where there's been a lot of critics about Oreo, he had he had a bad start, bad start to the first half, bad end to the first half. But he's like, but he's, he had a bad bad start to the second half. But he got much better as the game went on. I thought he needed to be sub. Where are you at? We got better. Um, I like him. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like him, him, but I got to be honest, I didn't think he had his best game last night. Um, yeah. I like him. I like him a lot, and I think he's got, um, you know, when he settles, I think that he's not. See, sometimes when you're playing. Week in, week out, every every game, it gives you a chance to grow, gives you a chance to get to know your teammates' weaknesses and strengths as they do mm-hmm. yours. Um, but he's been in and out. Uh, this rotation uh, between him and Trippier um, hasn't maybe helped him settle down and play his best form yet. But I see lots of attributes. But I also see at this moment a, a sending off. 
It's yeah. fucking a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see his sense, but I also see the odd silly mistake. Yeah. Um, the penalty, for example, he had the, he done enough already, I yeah. thought. He pushed him out wide. It wasn't yeah. that dangerous. Well, the, the thing is, you know, I would never bring someone down in your box because you always get the chance to defend the cross. Mm. Um, and, and, and also there's another, you know, if he's running in a straight line, don't run in a straight line with him. Cut to them towards the near post or you cut off the angle, you might intercept the cross. You know, so there's many things he could have did, but you know he's quite quick, so he felt that he was gonna just get a foot to yeah, the ball. Yeah, he thought he was, gonna, he was wrong. Uh, he, yeah, <laughs> he was a yard wrong. He, he, um, but no, he's a good player, but he, he didn't have his best. Game I think last it's, night. it's about kind of intelligence, isn't it? And, yeah. and you know, Danny Rose used to do the same. He used to come in from impossible angles and make challenges which were ridiculous, but he's ironed that out. And you got to give him time. time. Takes time. Ben Davies is now an incredible left back, <laughs> and a few years ago he was he was a mess in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think just just for what it's worth, of Aurier, I, I I still believe I I'm one hundred percent convinced that he is a he's a quality uh, right wing back or full back. Um, it's just I it's, it's if he's still doing and no matter how good he is, he's, yeah, he's been sent off once. He's thing. given away three penalties, I think, is so far. Uh, maybe it's two, three. One against Real Madrid. Yeah, but I, I both think crucial. The great, the great thing is, you know, you know people are uh, criticising us quite considerably for the lack of a squad. Well, when I look at our squad, I see Trippier and um, oh, yeah, yeah. Aurier. I see Davison, uh, Rose. Rose. Yeah. I see Toby, Jan. Sanchez, Dyer. Yeah. I see uh, Wanyama, Dembele, Dyer, Ericsson, Winks, Winks, De- Deli Ali, er- uh, Son, Lu- Lucas, the lad was Lucas, from, yeah. um, uh, Lamella. It feels uh, like we do have a squad. We do. I, I, I mean, I, what we don't have, perhaps, is uh, a backup striker. I've got a bugbear about this. You might have heard on the podcast. Yeah, about, about, well, uh, I heard you like, firing shots at me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't firing them at you. I was just firing them at any anyone who's hypercritical about um, a player who's it's going to struggle to go into that team. You don't become shit just because you join Tottenham. Yeah. I've never said he's shit. I said he's no. Oh, mate, you said worse than that. I said, you said he, he, I said he doesn't suit dog us. shit. I think you said. I said again, he doesn't, doesn't offer us. A, you know, in, in defence of him, it's very difficult as a centre forward who relies on yeah. uh, being sharp and match fit. To be playing one game every ten. Mickey yeah. has an ex-professional uh, footballer. I know, you know, I know, it, and I agree with that. But it, I don't it's think difficult to just set. come in off the, off the bench, <laughs> having not played, to be expected to deliver what Harry delivers. Yes, you know, Harry course. plays week in, week out, so he's got match fitness, match sharpness. He's match trained. Lorente is not getting enough football or playing time to maybe learn. What's expected of him from the other players? What he expects from the other players? So that education of learning about one another, he hasn't quite had because he's only played what started about what five games. True, he has been horrible. What I would say in, in yeah. your defence, and I, I don't think his style, his um, the, his build, and the way he plays for as a striker suits us as as an alternative to Kane. That's Fair. my problem. With him. I, I apologise if you thought that I was having shots. Sorry, you I didn't. <laughs> he said to me in the club he was having a shot. Yeah, that's how that buddy knows fucking nothing. Um, was you was you anticipating uh, Lamella starting against Sun? Sun being one of our form players, um, you can understand the logic though. I, from my perspective, um, Lamella offers so much defensively, so much spite and and and, uh, and energy and backtracking against 
Juve side or whoever whoever we're playing that's going to come out and attack that he offers a lot and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love Son and I want to see him play every game but I understand the logic in the Lamella oh, inclusion ultimately the end product will dictate whether it was right or wrong and Lamella played ever so well not yeah. only with the ball but his work rate was phenomenal um, he is one of those players that upsets opposition mm-hmm. I've got to say Son was incredibly unlucky not to play I think he's yeah. been a joy to watch this season mm. he's got goals in him he creates goals he plays with a big big smile on his face he's absolutely lovely to watch but in hindsight what a great decision Lamella played ever so well he offered he offered things that maybe Son wouldn't Son would run with the ball Lamella was work rate was was incredible always is though isn't it yeah always is he's, he's got a nasty edge to him yeah, he's not I love na- it he's not a nasty tackler or anything like that he's there's just, a bit of spite he's got an edge what, to him so so there's there's been a lot of criticism of Spurs certainly after the Liverpool game uh, or of Deli, like uh, Pochettino kind of placating Deli Ali's perceived nasty <coughs> side you've got Lamella who gets stuck in he's very niggly um, what, what as, as someone who's played the game well, is that is that a problem? Is that a problem at all? Is that a, a, an issue? <laughs> Don't worry, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, I think it's a lot of bollocks. Do we need it, or it's good. I think we need it. I think that all the bullshit that's been written about the Liverpool game, it was a penalty. Um, the second one was a penalty. Hmm. Um, Deli Ali didn't dive because he didn't claim he dove, but he didn't claim the penalty, and it you know the ref blew up. Um, but is, is it but important it, for a successful team to have? Absolutely, that? I think. I, listen, I don't. I don't even think we're nasty. I think that we're hard, we're fair. Um, I just think that we upset people because we absolutely control them. I think there's a bit. Of, you know, there's a. I read the comments about that Liverpool game. I mean, like. But they're a special breed, Liverpool fans. Well, I actually have always found them well educated. Really, but on this instance, I think they're not, and I think they're being very biased. You know, if it's not a pen, it's not a pen. It's fine, we'll all agree. Right? In general, we will all agree. Mm. But hang on, we had how many referees saying Stonewall penalties? Yeah, they did. Even their own ex-players were saying Stonewall penalties. So what's the fuss about? A load of rubbish. For them to say Delhi like, criticise if Delhi Ali did dive, but I never saw him claim for the penalty. Yeah. He went over, yeah, but he realised he that, wasn't touched. There's so he, something in that. If he was, why if did he the dived over? Was because was, uh, he kind of? I think he knew what he'd done. And and, and sometimes I think in that, in a split instant, like he's footballers win fouls, they win yeah. penalties, they draw fouls, yeah. they know what they're doing. And in that instance, he probably misread the challenge and was like, "I've, I've got an opportunity to win a penalty here or, right. or a free kick." But he got it wrong and he kind of but set he up embarrassed he, it yeah. almost. Yeah, but he didn't claim put no, his hand no, up claiming yeah. for a penalty. No. He just got up and tried to play on. So yeah. I thought the ref was wrong to blow up because why? Why did you blow up? Because he never claimed the penalty no. at all. So I thought the ref sort of was a bit. I haven't said that the ref had a very very good game. He did have a very good um, game. But I've got to say, I think there's a load of bull being written about us. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fairly um, tragic when you know Suarez, uh, Sanchez. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the worst. You know, when we're talking about diving, mm-hmm. you know, it's let it, you has never dove cast the first stone. <laughs> so. I think it's a load of bull. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can't not talk. Let me about ask you this: Go If Liverpool had won three-two, or we'd not scored the equalising penalty, and they'd won, do you think anyone would have mentioned anything? Not a word. Not a word. Not a word. The no. fact that they lost. Yeah. They, we we come back um, 
and scored. Mm. Up, bro. And they're still, they're still angry about it. Yeah, yeah it's, they're, it's brilliant. They're still mad. going on about it today. It's like, what, two weeks later? And you know they're going, they're going to boo. I mean, hey, <laughs> yeah, he was offside for the first goal last night. Yeah. Are we moaning about it? Yeah, it's no, part, exactly. parcel of the game. It Listen, is. You'll be offside for an, an inch. An inch, right? And the ref can get it wrong or the linesman can get it wrong. Part of the game. So we, 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 did, a, we did a live show. I'm going to mention a little bit more about this last night. We did a live show, but more importantly, we, we screened the game in, in Waterloo in um, a place called EV. It was quality. We had like 250 people come, all Spurs, watching the game. Went absolutely mental, as you can imagine, when, when, um, when Ericsson scored. But um, there was a few people around me, that's, uh, part of my family, generally, actually. And they, they, um, they said, oh, it, was, it was awful for the Higuain uh, first goal. But how difficult is it to, to the way he connected the ball, the way it was lofted over it? In my head, I watched, I watched an incredible goal that would have been very difficult to, you know, nine times out of ten, you wouldn't expect him to, 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 no. to get it past you. How difficult is it to connect with that shot as it comes across? To connect, connect as pure as this, a very, very difficult skill. And um, it was a wonderful technique. Um, I, I've got to be honest. Even when he was through, I was thinking, no, nah, you're not going to score from there. Yeah. Um, and also, it gives you a, a clue as to where it's going as well. So the keeper was reading it. Mm. He was already going that way. But it was a wonderful finish. But let's be honest, it was offside. Yeah, it was offside. It definitely was offside. <laughs> it was offside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Does, doesn't the football purist we, in you so, go, so go in, like in reality, we won 2 1. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. that's what the Liverpool fans are saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Janic is one of the best free kick takers in the world. So I thought he was going to shoot, especially kind of that early on. Yeah, he, he dummy, didn't he? Yeah, it was a beautiful pass. Beautiful. Well, he gave it the eyes, didn't he? He yeah. was looking at the far post like that, looking at the far post. And that's where yeah. he was putting it. Ali, we got caught cold. Ali got caught. Yeah, but Delhi got blocked yeah. as well. Delhi got blocked. Yeah, the, the, Delhi spun to go with it. Delhi was fraction late moving. Yeah. But then the, the, the centre forward had come out and blocked Delhi. Where's Delhi? Okay. Spun, he blocked them off. Yeah, so Delhi couldn't track them. It was a good but goal. You know, it was a great, great goal. I don't have any argument with it. In actual fact, I would hate to see it have ruled out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, let's be honest. Football you know, purists, you we want to see great goals. That was a great goal. So yeah, it was an inch, two us. inches offside. Yeah. You know, fine, the ref got it wrong, but I'm not going to whinge or moan about it. <laughs> Toss a ref. <laughs> we, we, we all agreed it was offside, Mick. We can put it there. It was, right, off, it was offside. It was offside. But hey, <laughs> Um, Ryan, it was a great we can't we can't talk about this game once again without talking about Harry Kane. Um, all right, he missed he missed that that, that header. But he scored a hot. It was a good save. But he, he, great save. He, I mean, you you got like I a do Buffon. Love, I do love Buffon, and it was um, yeah, I, I I love him, and it was it was a good save. You know, he read it. He read where it was going to go. But um, Kane was Kane was something else last night. He was a phenom. Yeah. But he, the goal he scored, which is like the Buffon, like the probably the greatest goalkeeper to ever play the game, maybe. Yeah, it's a shout for that. And he, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and he sold him completely. Just went past him. A mate of mine came to um, the North London derby on on um, Saturday, and he obviously doesn't live in this country, so he, he catches the hype about Harry Kane. But he was unsure about him, and he said after the Arsenal game that he's he's now convinced he's fully converted onto the Harry Kane oh, hype train. He's the most. He's incredible. Uh, I would say from the day Harry broke onto the scene um, to today, I don't think I've ever seen anyone improve yep. so much. Yeah, it's mad. Because he works constantly at his game, non-stop, 24-7. He's working at his game. He's, uh, and now the, the difference, not just in his goal scoring, 
but his all around game, some yeah. of the passes he's playing, left foot, right foot. Yeah, and his hold up, hold up, his hold up play at yeah. time. Like, I mean, on Saturday against Arsenal, he pinged the left foot ball at 40 yards across the pitch. Yeah. Like Glenn Hoddle. I mean, yeah, that's, that is, I mean, I know, I, I would say Hoddle's technique, it's almost like poetry the way you would play poetry. football. But, but Kane, while he's less technically aesthetic, his delivery and when he passes that ball, it breaches his man every time. Absolutely. Well, when you when, when you look at Ali, what you see is um, so you, uh, the way I describe footballers is you have your natural footballer that everything just looks so easy. easy. It's like when Oddle struck a ball with either foot, any part of his foot, it was just, it was just like poetry in motion. And then you've got the players who've had to work hard at the technique to mm. develop it and improve it, and it's, it becomes a sort of almost a robotic technique. You know, so I call them workmanlike footballers yeah. and natural footballers. Doesn't mean one's better than the other. It just means that this one makes it look easy, and this one you can see he's worked his butt off to improve and develop it. When I watch Harry Kane play. I mean, he hit the volley against Arsenal that went straight to chat. I mean, yeah. but the technique has there it. been a more the technique was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Left left shoulder down into the ground, knee over the ball, above the ball, and he pewed it. It was like it was like a golf shot that I hit every week. Yeah, <laughs> he's, um, he's a complete forward now. I don't think that works. He is complete. complete. He's complete. He does. Ed, Ed, left foot, right foot. He can tackle. Going round all about the Going game where he tracked back, won the tackle, yeah. um, and then scored the goal. Yeah. What game was that? Uh, I, I do remember it, but I can't picture the. He got a game, but it was absolutely wonderful. He's, he's yeah, he's got it all, and uh, it's just hope that. Oh, I mean, he's staying. It, yeah, don't even. But you've think had a word. You've had. He's staying. That's okay. certified. That that is Mickey Hat. That is me it. saying that Harry Kane is his goal. Obviously, he would love to win trophies too, but I think that he's got Jimmy Greaves' two hundred and sixty-six goals. In, in his sights, he's well on within reach. He's well on target, uh, and that's that. There's not a doubt in my mind. He will beat that. He beat Shearer's record of Premier League goals. I think this this kid could go on and be anything he wants to be if he maintains the same motivation, the same enthusiasm, the same desire to improve. There's no end to where he can go. So we're, we're actually talking about a player that could end up being our greatest ever footballer a while yeah, later. Yeah. Well, uh, if, if we say, you know, if, if, if we did a poll and we asked every Spurs fan, Jimmy Greaves would probably come top of the list. Yeah. Um, goal scorers do tend to. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean I would vote for a goal scorer. I would probably vote for someone like Oddle who, who, who plays I think, the game I, I think well, there's a fair it. amount of Spurs fans that also say Hoddle as well absolutely my dad, my dad said it was Hoddle's out Hoddle was just a genius but but Harry um, you know it, remember that the the, the, the the next batch of Spurs fans are not going to have seen Hoddle they're going to have seen Harry and Bale and, and yeah uh, yeah but Harry for me is is looking it's fucking for mental. Me, he's the like, best centre you... forward in you know. If I when I talk about a centre forward, I think he's the best centre forward in the world. I don't talk mm-hmm. about Messi or Ronaldo as out and out centre forwards. I talk about as wingers who drift in and and play off the front and score lots of goals. But Ari is an out and out centre forward. He's the best in the world. There's yep. no one better. Simple as. Sure. And he's ours. Got nothing. You can't. This is hard because every single podcast you got to find. Something else to talk about, and we've run out of stuff. 
he is the bollocks. We want to give him due credit, but there's nothing else we can say. I think say. we should give him credit for the, the human being that he is. I mean, I sat in the, the reception at White Hart Lane as he arrives for before the game, you know, 12 o'clock, um, and there's like 200, 300 fans at the fence wanting autographs. And Harry will not leave the fans till he signed every single picture. And I think that's an absolute credit to his family, but to himself, yeah. because he's regarded as one of the best three footballers in the world at this moment in time, yet he still takes time to sit and sign all these kids' autographs. I think it's amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. I, I reckon he should, after giving up football, just turn, him, turn his hand to sort of curing malaria or something like that, just see... See Politics. what you can do with that. Po- Prime, Poli- Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah. So you can fix the world. He's, he's <laughs> no, just... no, no, he's far too clever to be Prime yeah, Minister. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, just a quick shout out uh, before we move on to Ryan Mason. Obviously, he had to sadly retire, and obviously, Mickey, you've had a great hand in his development. Yeah. Uh, you brought him to Tottenham at uh, the age of, of, of seven. But before we do that, um, a massive shout out to everybody who came down to the live show at the EV bar in, in Waterloo last night. We, we did a live show, we had problems with sound. All the stuff we wanted to do with like paying videos didn't work. It all went a bit tits up in that respect, but the show was fine. It was good. It was funny, but also the just the atmosphere inside this place. We turned this Turkey, what would have been like a Turkish bar restaurant type place, yeah. into a hub of uh, of Spurs, and there was like two hundred and fifty people there. Um, obviously, the game helped because we we kind of witnessed the, the, the uh, you know thing we've been talking about, but we witnessed the returning. In, in turning over that 2-0 deficit but just to be around Spurs fans in central London it was it was fantastic and loved it and thank you for everybody who came up and said really lovely things um, it's really not about us we just had this idea about getting people together to watch Spurs play football and uh, and we're going to be doing it over and over again I'd also like to say well done to all the Spurs travelling fans yesterday because the Italian police they they were thorough organised but thorough they didn't start swinging anything at us but they properly what was the mood out there like? It was good. I mean, it's weird. It's not Turin's not really a city where you have like a main square where people congregate. It's more of like a, a collection of bars and stuff. So pre-game, it was kind of spread out across the city. But the police shuttled us in. They they told us where to meet. They had a load of buses. What was the atmosphere among the Juventus fans after the game? Um, they said they were quiet the whole game. Really, and they were really quiet, and we didn't see them. They did really well. We never met. Them. I sensed that there was a lot of frustration as the game was wearing on, particularly as as we were complete. It was two all, and we're on the attack, and they're dropping deeper and yeah. deeper and deeper. I sensed the fans were just going mad. Get get forward, get at them. Mm. No, let's put them under pressure. <coughs> they were they were quite disappointed with it, but uh, it was the only time in my life that I've had to take my shoes off to get. On the way into the, yeah, take your shoes. Everyone off. had to take their shoes off. And um, what's this? About? What is it about flares? And about, I don't know. I asked the guy, and he says this is the way it always is at this stadium. So um, we were properly padded down and searched. Wow. Yeah, little green mat we had to sit on so they could check our shoes, check everything. You had to sit on a green mat. They, they threw my chapstick in the bin. Right, but forget that for a second. <laughs> Did you have to sit on a green mat to get in? No, no. But you had to stand on a nice little green mat so your shoes wouldn't, your socks wouldn't get wet. Weird. It it's come weird. a long way from being stabbed in the arse when you go to, to yeah. Italy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> uh, on to more sad news. Ryan Mason, really, really gutted to hear this because I'm thinking about um, what it must be like for him, you know, playing for England. He got, just got picked with his mates, Andros Townsend, Kane, um, the Dyer, Mason in that side. 
and uh, and then like just less than a year later, again a horrific, horrific injury at Chelsea against Cahill. Um, Mickey, just just so people know, so that when you talk about Mason, that they're understanding that you're you know you know him. Um, you you found him in. Uh, as a part of your soccer school, so the Aussie yeah. Ardelli soccer school. Yeah, not mine. Oh, you're yeah, Mickey has a soccer school, and you realised at the age of seven that he was a, a great talent. Right, right at the age of six, was attending my, and I, I watched them, and I thought, wow, six years of years, this kid can play. So I joined in. I always join in just to see if they can tap into my brain to see if they can read what I'm thinking. Um, and while obviously I lower my uh, levels, to, six. yeah, <laughs> but I was always the best player. <laughs> but uh, but Ryan bought straight into it, and he was able to. So well, just just quickly, what, what do you look look out for? In like a six seven year old? What? Because I've got to be honest, with you, I don't look at anything they do with their feet. I only look what they do with their mind. Right. Because ultimately, it's the mind that separates you from the great from the good, the good from the average, the average from the bad. Because how good your football brain is, oh, what a picture you have in your mind. Um, and that's why I joined in because obviously with me being a lot older than them I was much bigger and stronger so I could bully them yeah so what could they do around it <laughs> but, but what, they, what, what they could do sh- one they showed no fear two they um, by buying into my mind it shows me that they've got a football brain they can actually see the game ahead of the game yeah. that means you knew the pit. you had a picture of what was going to happen or you had an anticipation and Ryan just was there he was he was super. So I then he attended. I, I did. I only did two weeks a year, two soccer schools a year. But then I ran a weekly course, which he t- attended every week without fail. And I watched them. And I and there was four or five of them at the time. But Ryan was always head and shoulders above in the mental stakes, the the, the football brain stakes. And then about at the age of seven and a half, eight, I took them down to Spurs. And I, I must, I must, I must be honest here. I I, I sort of said to Spurs, look. I'm bringing the kid in, he's, he's special. I said, and I want him signed. I said, I'm not bringing him in to go on trial. Yeah. I want him signed. I said, so the, the, the minute he's old enough to be signed, I want him signed. And he was tiny, really tiny, and he stayed tiny for a long period of his youth development, Ryan. And, and, and honest to God, forget what he was like as a footballer. He was an absolute wonderful, wonderful lad. He was one of the nicest human beings that you could wish to meet and still is to this day uh, and he comes from a, a absolute lovely family too um, his dad Glenn is an absolute gentleman and and, um, and he's a Chelsea sporter mm. um, his dad um, but obviously I would imagine once Ryan made it he's transferred to Spurs but honestly one of the saddest things I heard I knew it was um, a threat because of the seriousness of the injury I was hoping and praying that he would overcome it and, and, and he would get the go-ahead. But all the while, knowing the fact that his life was at risk on the day that it happened and what he'd been through, the operation, and etc., um, I knew there was a, a big chance of him never being able to play again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite happy for him to be sitting out all the time that he sat out because um, I, I would hate it to, to him to have come back too early and, and attempted to play. So whoever's been looking after him's had his best interest at heart. Um, but it's absolute tragic news for such a, a young man to lose what he loves to do, um, what his whole life he's dreamt of being a professional footballer. Um, and to see it happen, it, it's not nice to, to happen to anyone, but when you know someone and you've known them from so long and from so young, 
and you've worked closely with them. Um, I think it's quite heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'll never forget when Ryan had played in our first team. Yeah. He played in our first team and I was doing some training for kids, 16, 17 year olds, who had been released from the game at 16. Uh, and Ryan turned up with Adam Smith, the Bournemouth right back. Right back yeah. They turned up to do some training with me. They played in our first team. Mm, yeah. And they were training down the local park and I had a load of 16, 17 year olds and my my son, sons and, and, and um, he turned up to train with us and joined in. And he was there the whole summer while, trying to keep fit for when he reported back. And I thought that spoke volumes for him. Yeah, absolutely. And what a character to do that. You know, once you make it, oh, I don't want to go back there. Of course, yeah, yeah. But, but this kid is such a, honestly, so devastated, devastated for his family. Um, absolutely delighted, I've got to say that. Um, it could have been considerably worse. Yeah. It was a, a incredibly worrying time. I, I spoke to his dad on numerous occasions during the time period uh, Ryan was in hospital um, it, it was possibly the most worrying time of their lives um, I was worried that Ryan wasn't going to come through so while it's devastating news um, that he's had to retire the, the added bonus is, is that he's alive to tell yeah, us they've that got he's their retired son. they've got um, their son absolutely, and Ryan's yeah. still alive and kicking and the great thing is Poch uh, being the man he came out to the end said we will look after him yeah. at Tottenham. We will look after Ryan, and that, and that sums up Poch. I was at the uh, strangely enough, I was at the um, the showing of the lane. They showed it over at BT Studios in um, yeah the new documentary yeah it, the documentary yeah, yeah. Um, and I was there doing that and I was talking to Poch, and he said to me, you know, one of the things I regret, and I said, what? He said, selling Ryan Mason. Really. Uh, he absolutely loved Ryan Mason. He loved him. He said, "He's, he's, he's an absolute lovely guy." So he said, "So to hear Poch saying he's going to look after him, he's going to be work for him at Tottenham." Yeah, I think it's wonderful. And, yeah, and, and again, um, uh, while it's a recognition of what a wonderful guy Ryan is, it's also compliments to to Poch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Poch is always kind of that's one of the key things about him, like. The football he's played is incredible. We've got great, um, great side, and, and the, you know everything's great at Spurs. But to have a manager, you actually think, actually, you're. I respect him. Uh, if 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 my dad wasn't around, and thank thank the Lord he is, mm-hmm. I'd want Poch to be my dad. I'd happily go back to say <laughs> like. But it's also because Mason was one of the kind of pillars that Pochettino built. Yes, yes, Tottenham team around. Do you know? I, I think that's I why he's got such a fondness for him. Yeah. is that when he arrived, he you know he talks about seeing this young boy sitting totally depressed and all that. He said, I didn't know what he was like as a player. Um, at the time, I sat and chatted with him. And he said, and I grew to like him instantly. What a wonderful guy. He said, I didn't know what he was like as a player. Yeah. He said, but I knew he was a wonderful guy. And he said, I spoke to Jesus about him, or Jesus, or however you pronounce yeah, yeah. it. Um, and he said, we both decided we want to help this boy. He was such a lovely lad. Yeah. And um, of course, that's still going on today. I think it's... Uh, and I think it says a lot for Poch, you know, in the way he's handled mm-hmm. the Toby Alderweire's uh, situation, the injury, and, and not just Toby but others. Mm-hmm. You know, I sometimes as a as a fan, as a former player, that I crave us to do well, I crave us to win games, I crave us to win a trophy. And sometimes when you see what you when you're on the outside looking in, and and you see someone what you feel, well, he's fit. Why isn't he in the team? Yeah. You know, we all want I wanted Toby to play in there, uh, Juventus because yeah, I wanted yeah, us yeah. to win. But what a 
I think it's remarkable that a manager says, hang on, now I'm going to give you an extra couple of weeks to get yourself fully over this injury yeah. so that we don't risk your health. I think that's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about him not being emotional. So uh, as a fan, we're emotional. We want the best for our team. Yeah. We, want, we want to win that game. We don't really care about the future. Yeah. It's why it's so crucial that you don't have a fan as a, as a manager. As yeah, coach, as, I'd but, be no good. But just back to Mason what, before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, I just wanted to say that Mason throughout his career showed bravery, that this was a guy who, um, and this is why, I guess, why Pochettino likes him. Pochettino always talks about his team being brave. And Mason, he, there was a point where he wasn't going to make it at Spurs. He wasn't playing, wasn't getting the games. He came in late. He came in really late, if you compare to like someone like Delhi or even like Bentaleb, who started playing young. Yeah. But he came through it, and it, it was the, the 18-82 game against Forest where he came on and scored that goal against... Yeah. He came off the bench, didn't he? Off the bench. Wonderful goal off the bench. Beautiful. But my favourite moment is probably the... the when he school. booted Wiltshire. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, right. Even that is brave, because that was a London derby making his debut. But it was um, the goal against Sunderland where he injured himself scoring a goal. Yeah. It was just is, it, it, is that when he dinked it over the, oh, an incredible team? Yeah. team, team it's football. interesting, yeah. though, that that's a key point because it was also a key point in, in Ryan's career at Spurs because I felt from that injury he never quite yeah. got back. That was got it, back. Man, yeah. But he did have that. He came back and he scored a couple of beautiful goals against Fiorentina. Yeah, no, he did. Home, yeah. He, he did. But, but I bet he's never... credit to him as well that he could have stayed and been a squad player here, but he didn't want that. He wanted to, to take be... the challenge yeah. and become a regular And he joined else. a very difficult situation at Hull as well. At the time, yeah. the Hull were struggling for players and he, he went up there. It's a long way from home. Yeah. Long, long way. Like when you've had the comforts of a Premier yeah. You know, like an established Premier League football club, the training ground, no doubt. I've never been to, but I'm sure is is it really oh. <laughs> amazing? Oh. Oh. Well, oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, if you ever get the chance, <coughs> you must. You must. Yeah. Because I've got to say that, um, and as you rightly say that, for Ryan to leave um, comfort zone, this it's going to struggle, incredible man. training ground. This what's coming at the lane mm-hmm. um, everything to do with Spurs that's on the up and up and up and up and up and to to, to leave it because you want to play, to play yeah. speaks just volumes play. for his character yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and, and believe you me that training ground just go just go it took I haven't my, been invited it took, in. just <laughs> took my breath away honestly God I've never seen nothing like it um, you got a big coat Mick <laughs> no, no, but you can get, you can win. Um, I think if you spend in the Spurs shop, you get. <laughs> I don't want to win the competition. No, no, no. I, I want to get inside no, your get coat in. and you no, smuggle no. me in. But every time you buy something in the Spurs shop, I think you get points, um, and then you can. Um, once you get, get so like many tour, points, yeah. you get a tour of the. All right, it's absolutely staggering. Mick, do you uh, have you have you ever spoken to uh, Daniel Levy? Not in any sort of. Um, I've been party to what? Daniel Levy putting on demonstrations and things like that. I haven't actually stood there so as put, I'm sitting with you and talk about. You can't put a word in his ear about coming on the podcast. Um, I'm I'm sure he wouldn't. Yeah, I'm um, sure he wouldn't. He's actually a very nice guy, but he's 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 also a very quiet guy. He's got too. nothing to gain from it, really, is he? Uh, well, why not? Why not? Listen. There's always something to gain from everything that you can do in life. The fact that it costs me 300 quid to get here, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much, Mickey. Uh, before um, before we, we finish up, uh, uh, we've got a, a question from um, Phil Brower Meister, or Morgan, no, 
whatever. Uh, is uh, Eric Dyer being left behind? He was decent when it when he first came, but sometimes it appears more and more that he's becoming a passenger. What, that is what really hard? What is he watching? Eric Dyer is he's like um, Pochettino's kind of standard bearer. He sets the belly is the brain, but Dyer's like he's hard. Oh, I, I thought Dyer other than three consecutive passes towards the end of the game last night mm. um, I thought he played ever so well yeah. I think he's uh, subtly very very good yeah I, 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 I don't underestimate him I think that um, he's more than worthy of a place in the in our squad as all the players are and ultimately the best 11 will be picked um, and I think Dyer is a good player yeah. he is a good player yeah um, I think it's harsh to um, you know he doesn't play with the flair hey, listen it's easy to sit here as a Spurs fan and a Spurs former Spurs player who played with flair and creativity. Yeah, I'm did. biased towards players of that ilk because that's how I played the game. So it's easy to sit here and say, oh yeah, Dembele, Eriksson, Deli Ali, Son, because that's the type of players that I loved. I loved watching. I loved seeing what they're thinking, trying to read their mind, what are they going to do. Dyer's is a different player, but you have to accept that part of the game Requires that. Uh, it requires that, yeah. and he's very good at what he does too. So yeah. you know, we don't expect. To, I mean, Yanu for me has been our player of the season. Uh, he doesn't play with uh, Dembele's skill and, and and flair and creativity mm. because he's not required to. His job is to defend first mm. and make the play from the back. Uh, secondly, so you have to uh, understand that there's different roles within the framework of the team, and Daya plays his role very well and, and sometimes he's a little bit careless but I would say that is well worthy of a place in the team at he this is. moment in time I mean that's a very very harsh question yeah. I've, we included it because it was yeah I mean it's difficult because now he's under pressure because Wanyama's back but Dyer gives us something different to Wanyama at the Absolutely. moment and I it's finesse on the ball as well I think he's, he's actually yeah. I know he's, he's, he's passing better on the ball yeah absolutely but I think they're both very good players Wanyama and Dyer which is a great position to be yeah. in yeah again adding to, as we touched on earlier squad. our squad Mm-hmm. Lads, thank you so much, Mickey. Thank you very much for no, coming pleasure. down. Uh, uh, I'm surprised absolute... it took you so long to invite me back. I mean, I don't, I don't want to uh, impede on your time. That's all. I know you're a busy man, and you're leaving a very, very busy, long and full never life. Too busy to spend the time on your podcast. Oh, mate, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's lovely to hear. All right, so uh, Monday, uh, we'll see you. <laughs> yeah, can you bring it around my ass? <laughs> yeah, where, where? Actually, you know what? I, I would. I would come to Edinburgh. Would you really? Yeah, of course, I would. Yeah. Oh Absolutely. well, that's I'll be on every night then. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you. The missus all right with that? Yeah, she's nodding. She's fine. That's all good. <laughs> Buddy, thank you so much. Uh, this this man has uh, had to get up at, um, was it 5.30, 4.30 last, yesterday morning? Um, I was up at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock Tuesday morning. To, Tuesday morning to get up, uh, to, to, to go to watch Spurs. I flew to Milan, then got the train Where did you get Milan. back? I landed um, 2 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, and oh, did you right. go for a run? I bet you went for a run. You no, were. because I'm, just, I'm hoarse, I'm feeling rough. Right. I'll run tomorrow. Yeah, okay. But you had a fantastic time. It was great. It was amazing. Mate, it you was you, really you watched you watch one of the finest Spurs performances. It was, that, it was that you could, you could I, I, I like thinking history. Like you're watching it, you're like, yeah, that's going to be part of our focus. It's going to be part of well, a very it, long and beautiful. I, I, I think more so if we win at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Or we draw one all. Damn. I th- Mick, are we going to yeah. win the Champions League? <laughs> to be honest with you, if you want my opinion, I think that. We are possibly the best team in the Champions League, right? <laughs> yes, we are. And yeah. I'm not biased. If you think I'm being biased. <laughs> no, no, no. You genuinely think I'm being biased, right. don't you? But I'm not. I do. Yeah. I think that we showed well, better PSG. that team. That team last night have played in two finals in the last three years. 
we absolutely played them off the park. When we're at our best, we are the best team. What we have to be worried or concerned about is that sometimes when we're not at our best, we're vulnerable. But when we are at our best, we are so dominant. When we smashed Real Madrid, we've smashed Juventus. Real Madrid were the winners last two years. Juventus, two in three, runners-up. Come on. Mick, what, what, if this, what if this isn't our best, but this is our normal? <laughs> this is the, well, the bog standard. It's it's well, if this is our normal, then we've got lots to look forward uh, to. And I genuinely and, um, believe and, that. And, and, I, and if this is our normal... Then I'll, I, 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 I'm going to achieve my dream of before I go to Evan, I'm going to see us win the title. Of course, we because that's all I want. I've spoke to Poch about it. I was at a dinner with him at Christmas uh, two years ago, and I said, Poch, I want to see us win the title. Can you? I said you you've got to around. do that. I said probably's got another possibly ten years of living. Maybe more. <laughs> I said, but you've got 10 years to do it. I saw him this Christmas at the lane, yeah. and I said the same to him. Poch, two years has passed. I'm down to eight years, mate. <laughs> so, but he said, all right, I tried, yeah, I tried. He said, he's tried, he's tried. So the title is my dream, um, but I'd take Champions League. Okay. Yeah, mate, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just to shut them gooners up bounds, not winning the league. Oh, wouldn't that. it be great? Wouldn't mate, it be great mate, to see oh, this in the man? What you've achieved... We, I, had a, I had a ding-dong with one this morning. I said to them, listen, I said, there's only one first <coughs> of anything. And we were first to win a double and we were first to win in Europe. And I said, so, go away. And they, they were the first to leave their home and move, and move seven, 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 uh, seven miles north. They, they were the first to do that. They can, they can have that Champions one. League would be heaven. Oh, wouldn't there it, we are. Wouldn't it? We can do it, trust me. Uh, okay, so we're we'll back on Monday for more... Uh, more of this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, thank you very much, Mickey. Pleasure. That's uh, so one Mickey Hazard. Pleasure. Nice one, Mickey. Pleasure. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.